0: .fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. World, and guess what? They're taking you along for the ride. So buckle in and welcome to Paddle and Fin. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Fin podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jay. We're your hosts. Tonight, guys, we got another epic guest uh, we have a tournament director with us this evening, uh, Alan Wiedemeyer. He is part of the new canoe team. He runs the KBL. He's part of this new Crossroads Kayak Bass Team Classic that you guys may have seen on the good old interwebs. So we definitely want to talk about that. We want to talk about KBL, new canoe, and Torquedo Motors. Yeah, so, alan welcome to the show
1: yeah thanks guys
0: yeah (laughs) absolutely man so uh you know i'm sure you know the format we always ask everybody how they got into kayak fishing and uh maybe you want to touch on how you got into tournament fishing and some of your accomplishments uh in doing tournaments
1: yeah so you know i've been fishing all my life so my dad took me when i was a year and a half old and you know so it's been with me all you know since that time but you know, I didn't really get back or get into kayak fishing until probably 2012. So Jay probably remembers, uh, Sean Wood that was in our club and, you know, he was doing it before I was. And, uh, you know, he was like, you know, I got a couple kayaks. You want to go out and hit one of the local lakes. So we usually, you know, just shore fish from and, you know, obviously I'm not you know, one of the one of the people that, you know, was used to fishing and something like that. I was in basketball tournaments for the last three years prior to that. And so I was like, ah, I don't know, it might not be that cool of a thing to do and got into it. And, you know, I ended up hitting water that, you know, I've been trying to get to for the last couple of years just because was, I was stuck on the bank and, and I just fell in love with it. Just to the simplicity of it you know being able just to drop in where you needed to um you know we had a ball that day i mean we caught tons of fish so so it was kind of you know got the, the kayak bug after that and uh of course my wife you know i keep kept bugging her if i wanted to get a kayak for myself and get out there and everything so she said no i don't i don't want you doing that you're already stuck in all these boat tournaments now you're gonna be you know going away a lot more and all that stuff so she actually ended up buying a kayak for me in 2013, and so ever since then, I blame it on her for yeah. my <laughs> fishing addiction, so she she kind of regrets that choice, but, you That's know, it, was, it ended up working out pretty good, so, um, but as far as tournament fishing goes, um, like I said, I mean, I, I, I started bass tournament fishing since, you know, I was 12. You know, we did, you know, small tournaments here and there, so it wasn't, you know, anything huge, but... I really didn't get like fully into it until right after college. So I graduated in 2010, and it was gangbusters after that because I had all this free time at this point, you know. So I joined a local bass fishing club, their FLW Trail Club. Um, fished with them for three years, and then as soon as I got into kayak fishing, you know, the doors kind of opened up for that. But I really didn't really realize how big the kayak tournament scene was until maybe like a year after getting into it sure so i didn't even know about kayak bass fishing to be honest i didn't even know who chad hoover was you know learning all this stuff afterwards it was like okay i can probably compete and do this stuff you know so um yeah so i mean probably early 2015 is when we started doing all of it and yeah it's been history since then man so heck
0: yeah heck yeah but well, you've made it down to the national championship a few times. Uh, you've won a couple tournaments, right?
1: Right. Um, you know, national championship was obviously a new thing. You know, the year before I went down there was just an open at that point. Okay. Uh, 2016 is when they actually kicked off the actual national championship portion of it. Um, and I got lucky. won a couple tournaments that I got my entry fees paid for. I went down there, and I think it was like – 250 275 people and then i ended up in uh, 11th place oh, that nice i worked out pretty good yeah. uh, 2017 i went back ended up finishing in 40th that year okay uh, but last year not so great sure so we got our bad tournaments every once in a while so i ended up finishing like middle of the pack but but it was a great, great experience. You know, I enjoyed it, you know, tons of people to go down, you know, fish with you from across the country. So, I mean, the experience was, you know, second to none to to be able to do something that, you know, huge. So, but uh, yeah, so this will be my, my fourth year qualifying for the tournament and, you know, it's just enjoying every time I can get down there, you know?
0: Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's something we always talk about, you know, as far as tournament fishing goes, how it's, it's more of a camaraderie thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I know, uh, just, uh, you know, I've never been in the national championship, but I know talking to Jay and several of our other guests, they just said, it's, you know, it's a great time to meet other anglers from across the country, right? Uh, which, which is huge, man. It's all about growing the community, you know? So mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of that leads into, uh, you know, our next, next subject, the Kayak Bass League. Um, you know, what you run, you're a tournament director. I know there's some other folks involved. Um, so how did the KBL come about? How did that all form? Um, you know, and maybe you can go over the specifics of, you know, how the series is structured and it kind of, you know, is a lot different than some of the other tournaments in our area up here.
1: Yeah, so, so like I said, when I first started doing the national tournaments uh, in our area, I didn't know what kayak bass fishing was as as an organization or you know Chad whoever personally or anything. So when we actually named the group, I named it after the bass fishing league. You know the the FLW BFL series. Sure. So that's where that came about, the kayak bass league. So you know coincidence afterwards finding out there's a kayak bass fishing it's like oh man well people are gonna think we we somehow ripped off the name or just changed a little bit but it was just you know this coincidence that it ended up working out that way but you know we had no real structure to like you know bass fishing oriented you know tournament series around here um so there was a niche to you know open that up and so me uh scott shaw and uh uh, Choi. We actually sat down for breakfast early one morning, early 2015, and was like, hey, you know, can we put this together? What's it going to take to put it together? All the details that we're going to have to go through to to get it to work out. And, man, like um, we had our first event at uh, Shabona Lake. Okay. And we had 35 kayakers show up. Oh, nice. We didn't even realize there were that many people that are actually into it at that time, you know, and it was crazy, you know. Early in the morning, you just see waves of cars coming down into the parking lot, and it was awesome. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's that's really all it took. And we had, you know, our first year we just did a couple open events just to gauge interest in that. Sure. And after that, it was you know we need to beef this up and spread it out as much as we can and reach as many people as we can. So that's when we started doing the uh, the uh, club classic tour. So basically, that was our our membership series. So so the way we have it structured now we have a couple ways for guys to get involved so we have our membership base so that's that club red series that eventually morphed into what it is now so we got 50 guys as members this year obviously brian you're you're a part of it this year um hey
0: why why isn't jay's name on that list jay jay
1: jay's a veteran man he was he was with us since we started
0: he was an og but he dropped out because he wants to chase pike (laughs) I just like giving him a hard time. I like a little
2: danger in my life.
0: (laughs) I just like like giving him a hard time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah. So, I mean, we have our membership series. So that's obviously, you know, we filled up this year in like two hours. So, not unfortunately, that's closed out for the year, but we still have our online series. So we do like a, you know, five tournament series called the Midwest Bass Battles that anybody can get in. Um, and also we're going to have an open event on, uh, Newton Lake, um, yeah. at the beginning of May. So that's open to 50 guys too. So, so at least we got a few things going on. So if you missed out on the membership series and you at least have ways to get involved with us and that, I think we're going to do a couple meet and greets and that too. So I think we're going to do one at uh, Bussy woods and then probably one other later in the year. So very cool. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I got a love-hate relationship with Newton. I know I'll be down there, but, uh, you know, it seems like that's the going thing with everybody I talk to, you know. Everybody's got a love-hate relationship with that lake. Right. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I know, um, you know, you said that uh, KBL filled up in two hours, and I know, like, I just knew there was a lot of hype around it before the sign-up. You know, I had been watching everything going on and right. uh, I always tell the story I got up at like 7 45 and I was running back and forth between the coffee pot and the refresh button <laughs> and I got signed up and then I know you were posting as the morning went on like uh, we got 13 spots left 10 spots left and man I mean that says a lot dude about the league you know it filled up that quick I mean it was like two hours a little less than two hours or something like that
1: right. so, I mean it's is- it's crazy the response that we've gotten now. I mean, I, I'm i super happy with all the effort that everybody's put in. I mean, it wasn't just me, obviously, doing all this work. I mean, it's sure. it's a, a group of guys that, you know, I've gone, you know, come to trust, and, and they've helped me massively in, in getting this thing off the ground and keeping it going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, humbled by the amount of people that, you know, follow us and, and keep coming back every year to fish with us, so.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and I know uh, there's what 13 new to kayak bass league members this year. Right, right. And yep. uh, there was one other thing that uh, I wanted to bring up too is, um, I know you have. Uh, I think it's Susie is right. has been with you guys for a while, but you also have. We have a, a new girl, Shannon, I believe, right to the league right. this year. So I think that's cool, man. You're seeing more women getting involved. So mm-hmm. I think that's cool, man. I, yeah, I we, mean, need, we
1: need more. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: no, 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 for sure. I, I agree completely. I mean, we've had Christine Fisher on this podcast before, and she's a huge role model for the women, you know. Um, right. But uh, I have a feeling we're going to be donating some dollars to those ladies this year just because that's how it goes, you know. So, But uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool, man. I think it's totally cool, um, you know, because you don't see that too much uh, nowadays, you know. Um, well, well, I should say uh, you're seeing more of it, um, but definitely not enough, so to speak.
1: Right. Well, shout out to Susie too. Uh, not this past year, but the year before, she ended up finishing 11th at the national championship. You know, she. I think she's probably I remember the highest, that highest uh, woman angler in kayak bass fishing. You know, has gotten to that point. I don't think anybody's finished higher higher than she has since.
0: Yeah. Right. We
1: started. So. But, man, she had a knockout two days that she fished there. I mean, she blew us all away. So, yeah, she'll be taking some of her money this year. That's
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I remember seeing that. You said it was sixth place, right? She took? 11th. 11th or 11th, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, she was just beside herself. She ended up walking away with, you know, a grand or so. She ended up walking away with a Yeti cooler. Nice. But the funny thing was, you know, that year when I finished in 40th, there was a side pot, so there was well, not a side pot, that there was an open tournament there the same year. So they did both the national championship and the open. So I signed up for both. I ended up missing the, a paycheck in the national championship by like one or two spots. Okay, but got a paycheck in the open. While well, Susie didn't enter the open. So she she would have won it. She would have won way more money. <laughs> so if he oh, actually wow. signed up, she would have bumped me out. So when I came back with my, you know, measly hundred dollar check, I was like, "Thanks, Susie, for not yeah. signing up. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so uh, for those that don't know, um, where do the kayak bass league tournaments take place? So. We're
1: pretty spread out, but we try to stay anywhere from, like, Madison, Wisconsin, so central Wisconsin down to central Illinois. We've we've gone as far south as, you know, Carbondale and Illinois and that. But it's the matter of, you know, reaching as many people as we can and, you know, spreading it out to, you know, the best bodies of water that we can find that we can host it on, um, you know, that's the biggest thing is that guys are going to be spending their weekends away from their families and doing this stuff. So we obviously want to, you know, show out on the lakes that we, you know, we put them on. So like, um, you know, Tony Lamb last year on Newton Lake, he ended up catching a 23 inch bass, you know, uh, Jacksonville. When we had our championship last year in Jacksonville, Illinois, you know, we probably had six or seven fish over 20 inches that were caught. Uh, I ended up catching one that was 22 inches out of there. So, I mean, we're, we're putting guys on lakes that you know they're going to enjoy, that are going to test you know their abilities, um, but then also you know just using it as a, a guy's weekend or just you know away away from the family just to relax and you know enjoy yourself too.
0: So very cool, very cool. So um, you know what's it like being the tournament director because you get uh, you get it from all angles, right? So. What's, right what's kind of the struggles there and what's that all like you know it's you don't really know what the
1: struggles will be until you're fully into it um i know you know the first year or so was a little hectic you know just trying to nail down everything and you know it was it's such a new sport that the even the rules for even kayak bass fishing are constantly evolving they're changing they're adjusting um so just trying to you know, get to a point where we're not changing things up anymore and keeping things steady. And, you know, um, but, you know, you got, you got, you know, guys that want to switch up lakes, you know, some lakes they are not going to like, and, you know, some guys don't like to travel and that, but the basis of our tournament series was meant to be, you know, getting, getting guys out to try new water and, and to diversify themselves, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, seeing it from all angles I mean you don't realize how much work sure and effort goes into it you know
0: well I know me and you had a conversation at the Chicago fishing show and uh, you know that was the one thing I wanted to talk about with you on here because you know you, you do get some complaints from some guys oh why are we fishing this lake again or why are we fishing that lake again and you know how come we're only limited to 50 members and I think a lot of guys don't realize what goes into it and not only that but you know i know from our conversation like you got restrictions from the dnr on permits um Correct. you know size of tournaments things like that you know so um you know maybe maybe touch on that a little bit um you know i know uh, that's something that a lot of guys don't think about is uh, you know all that extra stuff that goes into that you know
1: right right i mean the biggest thing we have to balance guys not fishing on top of each other sure. versus versus being in a lake that's unsafe. You sure. know, we don't want to put guys on a 10,000 acre lake where they could get lost or, you know, if the, a storm blows through, you know, you're in a kayak and you can't get back quickly, you know, that could be an unsafe, you know, thing that we're going to put people in and we don't want to do that. And also we don't want to have guys, you know, cast in pretty much the same spot, you know, yeah. on top of each other while they're there either. So so it's finding a balancing act between that, you know, finding enough parking for everybody so it's not chaos in the morning, trying to get everybody on the water. Um, you know, obviously, Illinois, you know, you know, they they kind of suck in regards to, you know, how they hand out permits and how, you know, they're 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 they um, Um, the way they manage some of the lakes and that, which is unfortunate, but, you know, we we get away with what we can because we're limited on bodies of water, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, so that's why partially we creeped up into Wisconsin and that, and, and took advantage of the lakes that they have too. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like, again, it's, it's finding a balancing act between those two extremes and, you know, finding water that people are going to enjoy fishing and that too. So
0: for sure.
1: uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing, you know. And obviously, fifty guys, I mean, that's that's still a good chunk of people. And you know, just trying to find you know room for everybody, that's that's the main thing. So,
0: right on, right on. So, um, any advice for first-time tournament anglers? So maybe somebody that's thinking about approaching fishing a tournament, uh, looking at getting in the KBL next year or something like that. Um, but they're kind of on the fence, nervous about it, things like that.
1: I mean, it, you got to look at it as, you know, look at it the for what it is, you know, it's a, a means of you interacting with other guys, learning from other people, getting on the water and having that experience, um, you end up with, you know you know you end up with first experiences that you're nervous about it you want to compete you want to you know you want to do well but at the end of the day you just have to have fun you know you want to enjoy what you're doing and and you know be out in the water and just and learning you know taking away as much as you can and you know building from that um, I think too many guys you know especially newcomers is just getting too lost in all of the sponsorship stuff and, you know, having to fit this, this model that you have to, you know, have all these, these uh, pro staffs and all that stuff too. You know, when I first started fishing, I was three years into it before, you know, I even picked up a sponsorship. Sure. Um, So, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself to, to have to, fit in this mold or whatever you know you just you enjoy it for what it is you you take it for the fishing that you need you know you enjoy and uh leave it at that and then things will come after
0: that you know right on right on yeah i know um you know i i always use dusty as a reference because we had him on once and he was talking about the first time he fished i think it was mkt and he showed up in like a little pelican kayak or something like that and he was like super uh you know nervous because he saw all these guys in like hobies and like fancy sure. boats and stuff and uh you know he uh he ended up like killing it i think he took first place yeah. or something in that tournament and yeah. uh you know so that's the thing you know it's like it's like we always tell everybody you know uh it fish don't care about what boat you're in right they care about Correct. the lure that's dangling in front of their face so um you know i think that's key i mean that's that's great advice you know just don't worry about all the other stupid stuff just just get out there and have fun meet some new people um you know like me i you know i've made the joke a couple of times in the uh kbl group chat i'm just here to donate money this year (laughs) you know but uh you know and obviously you know i'm i'm kind of joking but uh, you know, I'm just there to have fun, uh, meet some new guys, learn some new stuff, uh, fish some different bodies of water, basically everything you just touched on, you know? Uh, right. I think it's super key, um, uh, a key way to get out there and, and, and find some new stuff, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so definitely cool, man. So let's, uh, let's jump into the new crossroad kayak bass team classic. What's this all about? I know there was some some build up and some hype in December and then you guys kind of announced this at the beginning of January. I know right. some people are confused, but I think it's a, it's definitely a cool thing. so uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so the biggest thing, you know, we wanted to have our own Midwest regional championship basically. so I've had this idea floating around in my head for a while now. And, you know, it was kind of came to fruition, too, because I don't know if you guys uh, know of the – there's a Texas tournament. I forgot what the heck it's called. But it's basically kind of the same concept. So basically you have teams representing each club that's going to go to this regional championship. So we have nine clubs involved right now um just go through those guys real quick so we have uh two from Wisconsin so we have the Midwest Kayak Bass Club and then uh Wisconsin Kayak Fishing Club yep we have uh two from Illinois so we have the KBL and we have uh the Southern Illinois Kayak Club uh we got one from or actually two from Michigan uh one is Michigan Kayak Michigan Kayak Trail and then uh Michigan Ohio uh kayak series Um, And then we have three from Indiana. So we have Indiana Kayak Anglers. Okay. We have a Southern Illinois Yak Anglers Club. And then we also have uh, Grassroots uh, Bass Yak and uh, Indiana Chapter. So nine clubs from the area, um, and each club is going to send a team of five guys. So basically you have to compete in each of the series to earn your spot for that five-man team um so you know like for kbl the top five in angler of the year points is going to make up that team to go and represent the kbl um so it'll be a two-day tournament on newton lake this will be nice. september 28th and 29th um and basically same rules apply it's going to be a, a five man or five fish limit for each guy on the team and you know the we will, uh, be awarding prizes to the top anglers that have the, you know, the total top total amounts after the two days nice and, uh, and then the top team as well. Um, so basically the winner of the tournament gets to host the next year, next, next year's uh, tournament. And, you know, just, it's, it's a cool concept because not any single club owns this. Sure. You know, KBL is just hosting it for this year. We do not own it. Um, all the clubs that are involved, you know, are going to make this work or helping to make this work. And, you know, we're just passing the the torch to whoever ends up coming out on top, you know? So there's a, re- a lot of crap talking already. Oh yeah, <laughs> Already guys, you know, wondering what's going to happen if one guy, you know, uh, ends up, uh, you know, qualifying for more than one club. Cause I know a lot of our guys fish like the Michigan kayak trail tournament yeah. series. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great event. There's a lot of sponsors that are going to be um, potentially coming on board with it. Um, the payouts are going to be awesome for this event. Um, so, it, yeah, you know, it's 100% payback from the, all the entry fees, and so nobody's making any money on this. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's built by the anglers. It's for the anglers. And then, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that at the end of it, you know, we have a lot more interest from people outside of these clubs, you know, wanting to be a part of, you know, all these separate clubs now because they'll, they'll have an opportunity to qualify for this event. Um, and then also bring in more tournaments to the, to the area too. So.
0: Sure. So like the one question I had, cause you brought up that, uh, you know, like I know some of our guys fish, uh, or some of the KBL guys fish the, uh, mkt series so what if they qualify for both how is that going to work out just the spot's Uh going to get tossed down for whoever they want to represent or basically so say
1: i ended up qualifying for both i decide which which club i want to fish for and then if the the spot that doesn't get filled gets rolled down to the next person so that's basically how it's going to work because at the end of the day i mean you're going to fish for the the club that you feel you're you're going to represent you want to represent so
0: so you'd fish mkt then right
1: exactly <laughs> so,
0: I mean, me and tom
1: back and forth i'm like well weapons if i do qualify for mkt am i going to fish for you guys or what's <laughs> going on? So, no but it's all good man i i you know, it's, I really am excited to see how this thing kind of shakes out. And like I said, I mean, the, the crap talking between clubs is, is full on right now. And it's just going to keep on just building up throughout the season. So yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. I've been kind of watching the banner from behind the scenes, you know, and, uh, I know a bunch of our guys, uh, are amped up about it, you know, and already talking smack, you know, so it's, uh, it's kind of cool, you know, and it, it, I think it helps add an added, uh, you know, goal for the season. Other than, you know, obviously winning tournaments and angler of the year for your club, but now you can also go and represent your club and, you know, get a chance at even more. And, you know, the bragging rights. You know, that's, right? That's going to be right. <laughs> that's going to be the cool thing. You know, there's going to be a bunch of trash talk after whoever wins. You know, oh, so. yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we're. We're uh, planning to uh, build a uh, trophy for this event. So actually, uh, um, um, Duke West Camp over at yeah. Uh, Catch. Uh, Catch, yeah, Catch Products. Him and I have been collaborating on it. So we're coming up with you know a pretty unique uh, trophy to hand out to the winner afterwards too. So they'll be able to hold on to it for a year and then you know it'll move on to the next club that hosts it. So. So that should be
0: fun. It'll be like the Stanley Cup of kayak bass fishing. I like it. Basically, yeah. I like it. I like it. So here's something that I, I skipped when we were talking about KBL. And, uh, you know, I was you had posted something recently in the KBL members group, and it was like, hey, guys, I really want to fish uh, KBL series this year to qualify for this event, right? Right, so, right. have you? Did you not fish the KBL events before because you were the director? Is that how it goes? Or
1: so basically, what I've done in the past, I've you know, I've, I've I wouldn't run the series unless I could fish in it. You know, that was partially partially why I wanted to start it too, is to to have a platform for obviously anybody, including myself, to be able to fish it.
0: Sure.
1: So I fish the regular season events, but I actually bow during the championship because you know running the series and, you know, being in that role then with all the bigger prizes and stuff, I just didn't feel it was right for me to, to do it. And I, you know, my responsibility was more, you know, getting content at that point. So taking pictures on the water and, you know, you know, rooting everybody else on and being a, you know, a cheerleader, cheerleader on the sidelines. And, you know, I ended up working out better that way, but, you know, with the those qualifying spots for this event and I'm going to be down there anyway, kind of coordinating everything would be cool to, to qualify for it. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, if that's the thing, if I, if I couldn't compete in it, you know, it'd be, it'd be tough, (laughs) you know, I think I enjoy it.
0: No. And I know the consensus among everybody was like, yeah, you should absolutely do it, man. You know? And, uh, I think it's cool that you got everybody behind you. I mean, I'm all for it, man. You know? Right. Right. So, um, yeah,
1: and it's like you know, some guys think that you know, for whatever reason, that you may have an advantage to the series or whatever, just because you run it. But I'm telling you, there's there's no advantage no. whatsoever. If anything, we're at a disadvantage. I mean, when we're doing the tournaments and stuff. We're the last people on the water, and sure. we're, we're we're the first people off. You know, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things that you know it comes with running the series and that. But man, it's
0: you know. Yeah, but not only that, you know, the whole time you're on the water, you're thinking about, you know, Johnny, Joe, and Jim who just, you know, complained about this, that, or the other before the start of the tournament, or you got to get back and do this and that. You're not totally focused on fishing. You know, you got other things on your mind. So, right. Oh, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I can see, uh, I can definitely see that, man. You're you're at a little bit of a disadvantage because you're not 100% focused on on fishing probably, you know. I'm. Right. I mean, yeah, in a way you are, but, you know, you still got stuff running through the back of your mind. I know how that goes, man. So, Yeah, for sure. uh, I think it's cool, man. I hope hope you get one of those spots for sure. Should be interesting, man. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping I'm right there
1: with you, but we'll see.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Alan, so what are you going to be fishing out of this year?
1: So I'm still with New Canoe, obviously, this year. This will be uh, my third season uh, with them. Uh, so I've been a huge fan of the new canoe pursuit. Um, so I actually have uh, two of them now. Um, but I'll, I'll be fishing out of that again this year. Uh, possibly thinking about upgrading to their, uh, new canoe frontier, uh, 12 later on this season, but we'll see how that works out. So the barge, the barge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, the kayak itself. I mean, you know, I was with feel free for uh, a couple of years before I made the switch to new canoe and it was just, you know, dumbfounding to me how different those tile boats paddle, you know, once I got in the, the pursuit and actually tried it out for myself, I mean, it was, it was like night and day different and the layout of it, the stability was actually, you know, even better than, you know, what I expected. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just an awesome boat to fish out of.
0: Yeah, I've paddled the Pursuit, man, and that thing is quick in the water. You know? Right. That, that you know, it's not skinny, skinny, but it's skinny enough where it just, in that hull design, man, it just cuts right through the water. Right. I mean, it was super fast when I paddled it, um, <clears> you know, because when I demoed my Bonafide, I actually thought I was going to buy that boat. And then oh. uh, I demoed the Bonafide, and then I – got back into the pursuit, and I was like, man, this is, like, a tough decision, and (laughs) needless to say, obviously, I ended up in a Bonafide, but, uh, you know, um, it's a sweet paddling boat, and, uh, you know, as far as the Frontier 12 goes, uh, our former co-host, Scott, um, he's got one, dude, and I've fished out of that, and I've walked that boat front to back, stood, like, right on that sidewall, like, dude, you can't... Like I tell everybody, like, at the fishing shows and stuff, it's like, you're going to fall out of a fishing kayak before you tip it over. Like, exactly. you know, it doesn't matter what boat you're in, but, like, that Frontier 12, dude, it's it's unbelievable, like, how stable right. that thing is. And uh, that's one thing I know, uh, you know, Blake has kind of took pride in up there at New Canoe for a long time is just the stability of his boats. Um, yes. So it's super cool. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on that new pivot drive that's coming out? Have you, uh, gotten your hands on it yet? Have you seen it?
1: I have not. I saw the first prototype when we first came out with it at ICAST a couple of years ago. And, you know, personally, I think the concept is awesome. Uh, the way that, you know, they integrated basically a, a drop-in pedal system that can be removed easily. Um, I think that's really, uh, adding to the value of that style of kayak just because of the fact that you can outfit it and retrofit it the way that you need to, you know. Sure. Um so you end up with a blank canvas to start with and, you know, this this um pivot drive is just a drop in pedal drive system. Um, you know, they found it to be more responsive because you got the prop in the back of the boat. So your 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 turning response and your speed response is is actually pretty great. Um you know, being able to raise and lower that that uh, prop drive out of the water easily is a big thing for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just the way they set it up and adapted it to the boat and the drive system they have for it. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a really great add on for people, um, you know, too, it'll be cheaper in the long run for some guys because they, you know, they might only be able to buy the kayak to start out with and to find out later that they can add the pedal drive later. I mean, that's a huge thing. So,
0: yeah, definitely, man. I know, you know, that's a big thing. If somebody's, like, kind of iffy on getting into kayak fishing, they could buy a new canoe without, you know, spending the extra coin on a full-out pedal drive boat like a, you know, a big rig or, you know, um, old-town Predator, Hobie, things like that, you know. Um, Right. No, I I dig it, man. I like the – I like the open deck concept where you can configure it to exactly the way you want. And I know um, that was the main reason why Scott had bought one, you know, because, you know, he's got a young son, wants to go tandem in that Frontier 12. He could do that. He could go solo. Uh, He's got a trolling motor that, you know, he could hook up on the back. Like, you know, that's the one thing I'll say about New Canoe Man is with that blank canvas, you have – so many options which i think is cool you know whereas other boats you don't necessarily have that Mm -hmm. that flexibility so to speak so i dig it man so uh you're you're the regional director up this way right so how many how many guys you got on the on the staff and uh you know you pointing fingers or you just uh helping guide guys along the way how's that work out for you Um,
1: you know, it's, it's a new role for me. I mean, like I said, I mean, I've only been in the pro staff side of things for a few years now and really getting into it. And, you know, it it was, you know, great that, you know, Blake reached out to me and and gave me this position to, to, you know, lead these guys and, you know, it's really, you know, not me so much, you know, having to point, you know, a direction to where they need to go. I mean, these guys have their stuff under control. They've been re- doing really well, you know, supporting their uh, local dealers and getting the name out, and you know, doing whatever they can. So, it's more, you know, me just being a uh, a sounding board if they have issues with stuff, and I can relay that relay that back to Blake, or you know, if they need advice on anything, or you know, just just keeping you know things kind of on a steady pace and going in the same direction so um so it's been great you know I you know I've enjoyed the experience so far and you know we got like uh nine or ten guys over I think it's like five six states so nice so I mean it's it was it was kind of scary at you know the beginning kind of like gosh you know can i take on this this responsibility at this point but you know the the people that i work with and the guys that are on the team you know help out with that you know immensely so so it works out pretty good
0: very cool man
2: do you guys um do you guys uh, have any plans to get the team together and kind of just do like a couple you know like go camping or something do like a you know do some shoots get some footage and uh, just have some fun
1: yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. I really, really would like to get everybody together and just, you know, cause we're so spread out and obviously we want to have a lot of opportunities to, you know, interact with each other. So I think it's good, you know, having that, you know, time to, to, you know, get to know everybody and, you know, everybody's backgrounds and what they're good at, you know? So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about doing something like that maybe go on a smallmouth fishing trip, you know, maybe towards like St. Clair or something and, So it's, it's there. It's just, we gotta, we gotta get all that, you know, all the ducks in a row for that and get out there. So, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I think that's what we need to see more from the teams too is, you know, I think you see kind of a, uh, not really a separation, but everybody sees so distant and like when you start bringing everybody together, it brings, you know, it brings the more of the family aspect in the team and um, and then, you know, everyone can, can build on top of each other and, you know, reach to different groups and just kind of help expand the sport and right. just show everybody that it's fun. Cause that's yep. really what this is all about. I mean, that's what we all get into it, you know, cause it's just a ton of fun and it's a great way to meet people and see different areas and, you know, get into, I don't know, getting some new fish even, you know, right. Some aspects.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you got this Torquedo <laughs> Mr Mr Torquido. Right. Um so I've seen you buzz around and go past me uh many times in the tournaments, which is awesome. You know, <laughs> kind of uh back in my paddle days. Right. No, no. I mean it looks it looks very uh enjoyable to right. be able to just cruise by. So what makes the Torquedo motor a key asset to a kayak angler?
1: Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing, you know, you, you have conflict, you know, conflicting interests in all of this. So you have the purists that are pedal only guys. You got guys that, you know, are only human powered, you know, you know, pedal or pedal. And then you have guys that, you know, introduce motors and in that, um, you know, guys have to realize that we got into this because we were fishermen first. Right. So, you know, our our need to be on the water is you know that exercise is great you know being out there and and being active is great but we want to get to our fishing spots you know we want to be able to compete you know we want to have that advantage on the water you know when we when we can have it um so i think that's where the niche for motors came in and you know as much as the argument back and forth between pedal and paddle you know being an equal thing they really aren't you know pedaling has such an advantage over guys that paddle. So I think, you know, the introduction of motors is really what kind of, kind of leveled the playing field, you know, but in some cases it's to the extreme because, you know, we can have troll motors that are 110 pound thrust if we wanted to and, you know, get to, you know, something crazy. But I think, you know, getting to that point is probably not the best thing. I think it's, How we, you know, how we laid it out, we have a 55 pound thrust maximum limit in the KBL. So you're really not getting a speed advantage over somebody else that's, you know, pedaling at that point. You know, we don't want to have, you know, such a distance in that to create, you know, animosity between guys that, you know, can go out and get a a motor or somebody that can't. Um, But I think the Torquedo has its advantages, one, because of the weight, that's a huge thing. The whole system weighs 19 pounds. I mean, you can get a, a lead acid battery to, to power a regular, uh, trolling motor that weighs probably twice as much as that. Right. Um, right. you know, the amount of uh, speed and, and torque this thing puts out, I mean, I'm cruising in my pursuit at like five, 5.2 miles an hour, you know, <laughs>
0: So Five, five points. You, you, you got a glitter paint. <laughs> I don't job? even know what that's yeah. like. You <laughs> got I don't a, know what that's like. You got a glitter paint job on that new canoe too. I might have yeah, actually, no kidding. <laughs> a little
1: splash of glitter on there. For yeah. sure.
2: <laughs> you know, no. I distinctly remember Alan just going by a couple times, and you're just like, "You hey, Jay, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. <You
0: know?
2: laughs> yeah, So, I mean it.
1: Yes, I mean it. It helps. I mean, it, it gives, you know, an advantage in that aspect to keep up in speed compared to pedal guys, but you also also have to think about it for safety reasons too. You know, say if I'm a mile out from where my launch area is and I'm stuck with a pedal trying to get back, you know, it would save my butt trying to, you know, get a, or just turning on my motor and, and motoring back as quick as possible, you know, so you know, even we had our tournament last year on, uh, Yellowstone Lake in Wisconsin, we had a bad storm come through and I was getting guys off the water, you know, having that motor, I was able to go around the lake really quickly to, to notify everybody to get them off the water. So, so, I mean, there's, there's, um, reasons to have it too, um, in that aspect, but again, you know, it's, we're there to, to fish, you know, sure. we're there to compete, um, you know, it was kind of funny because last year, you know, I was strictly, you know, paddle only uh, for most of the year, and um, my catch numbers from last year to this year just dramatically increased just because of the amount of water I'm able to cover and the amount of area that I'm able to fish. Um, plus, you know, having it hands-free, too, I have it uh, set up with toe steering at this point, so I can cast while I'm motoring along in that, too, which is huge, so it helps.
0: It's cool, man. I, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been looking at Torquitos. Right. You know, I am I am one of those paddling snobs, <laughs> so to speak. But, uh, you know, I think it's cool. And like you said, it, it, it does help you cover more water, which is key. Right. You know, um, there's pros and cons to each, you know. Um, I would say, yeah, obviously the paddler – has a little bit of a disadvantage compared to motor or pedal driven um but you know to each their own you know right. but uh i think those torpedoes are slick i know you're on the Torquedo team and you know i like how you know you got the battery units setups are super clean like you said they have a ton of torque right um you know I I once raced Scott in his Frontier 12. He had a 55 pound thrust trolling motor on the back, and I kept up with him for about 200 yards, and then I about had a heart attack. <laughs> so like, that's the thing. I got a long paddle stroke, and I'm pretty quick in that bonafide, but yeah, right. I don't I don't think I could do five miles an hour. So right. you got right. me there. Yeah. I just don't see it happening, <laughs> <laughs> dude. You,
2: even on any. Pedal drive, you're like, you just start huffing, yeah, You know, right. I mean, I know those hobies can like cook, but man, you need you definitely need some stamina well, to, even get, to get any of those yaks moving like
0: that. I, I saw that video the other day, I forget, I think it might have been in the kayak bass league members chat. There was a hobie, they hooked a hobie to uh, I forget what pedal drive boat it or uh, what kayak it was, but it had an electric trolling motor on the back, and the hobie pulled the electric trolling motor boat across a pool oh yeah for sure so i don't know those hobie guys might have the advantage might have to ban hobies right right i just (laughs) i just pissed (laughs) off everybody in our league or at least (laughs) half of them but no i'm just i'm just kidding
2: i'm just kidding no I mean, like the Mirage Drive isn't my drive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: No, I think it's cool. At least you guys. uh, I love the fact that you guys at least restrict the pounds of thrust on the trolling motors. I know there's one guy in particular that uh, was a little upset about that, but uh, you know, it's it's for a good cause. You know, you can't. I mean. You know, if if you allow any size trolling motor, then what's next? Guys are going to start putting outboards on the back of their kayaks. You know, right? Getting right. get a Johnny boat. yeah right you know i mean
1: there's so many gray areas now and you know that's the thing like we we have to draw the line somewhere otherwise it's just going to get you know out of hand you know and you know more more power to the guys you know if you run your own series and you do it differently i mean that's that's your thing i mean that's that's what you made your own series for but you know at the end of the day we don't want to feel like you know somebody's at a disadvantage or somebody can't do what they want to do because like you know, a lot of, a lot of the preemptive things that guys were doing with motors was like, you know, if you have a handicap that you need a motor for, you know,
0: sure. Sure. You don't want
1: to, we don't want to get into, you know, gray areas or, you know, is this guy really handicapped? Does he really need a motor? Are we going to limit, limit yeah, it? Right, right, right? You know? So, I mean, chad hoover took the same stance and he was basically telling everybody like you know just let everybody do it that way you're not restricting anybody from wanting to use one and you know make it a play you know fair playing field for everybody
0: no i i, I hear you man i agree with it 100 you know you know teach their own like i said right
2: well i you know i also think too that a lot of people don't think about it. there is a safety issue because you know everybody everybody wants to get somewhere fast, but I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that. You could, you could definitely overpower that kayak. Oh yeah. And you could toss that thing. You could flip your kayak in a turn. Yeah. You know, you could, you could head into, you know, you could head into a wave and go underneath and then sink your kayak. I mean, there's so many other aspects that are dangerous in some situations that, you know, sure. I want to get there fast, but like, but how fast is too fast, you know? And most of these boats, are only engineered to go so fast. Sure. Exactly.
1: Right. I mean, you got that on top of adding a 30, 40 forty-pound battery to your kayak—that you yeah. know, added weight that you didn't have before. You know, it's it's one of those things that, like I said, you have to have some sort of cutoff to it. You got to make make it reasonable to you know everybody. So
0: I make up for that thirty or forty pounds and all <laughs> yeah. my extra plastic baits. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got that problem too. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, nah, it's cool, man. <laughs> hey, it's cool.
2: Is the torpedo easy to set up in the in the in the kayak?
0: Oh yeah,
1: I, I mean, it, well, I mean, the biggest thing for the motor setup, you know, you obviously are at a little bit more of an advantage with the kayak that has a flat, you know, spot on on the rear end of the kayak. Um, obviously, their new motor mount that they're they're coming out with now is going to mount directly to where the power pole usually would go that four bolt, uh, pattern in the back. Um, but mine, I have to, I had to adapt it a little bit and, uh, you know, I actually run the, um, the support, um, piece that is for the motor actually through the hole that they have in the back of the new canoe. So they have that hole opening in in the transom, uh, that they use for their, um, their kayak cart. Yeah. And it just so happened that the size of that hole fit the mounting, uh, uh, rod or, uh, pole, the horizontal pole on it perfectly. So it was a little, little bit of sanding and the thing slid right through and I was able to mount it pretty easily on there and it's, you know, it's solid. So yeah, I really didn't, you know, take a lot of, you know, crazy stuff to make it work. So.
0: Sure, 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 sure. No, that's cool, man. I know, uh, I don't know if it's Torquedo that's making it, um, or, or somebody else, but I saw somebody came out with a plate, like uh so you could mount the torpedo and the power pole and have both because i think before it was like either or or something right you could only have either or right and i think the new i'm I'm pretty positive the new um mount that they have
1: now will allow you to mount the the power pole too as well i think the the mount's long enough now where you actually can adapt both at the same time so uh jeff little did a lot of you know um reaching out to other people that actually used it and what the needs were for the new mountain that, and I think that was one of the main things that they had to, to think about because obviously people want to have that capability for both the motor and and the power pole. Nice. So,
0: Yeah, no, I saw that, and I thought that was pretty slick because, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having both. It would be pretty right. sweet. You know? Right. So I want two. Yeah. <laughs> so what if i put three 55 pound thrust torpedo motors on the back is that legal that's a good question
2: it's a <laughs> loophole, it's,
0: it's, a loophole. Yeah. it's
2: a loophole yeah they, they weren't like specific in the <laughs> verbiage yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd actually like to I just see some- do that i have
1: like three batteries three big sla batteries on there three trolling motors just randomly placed and yeah that'd be interesting
0: i think <laughs> i think the only boat you'd be able to get away with that on is like the the titan you know right. because it's got such a huge <laughs> rear tank well you know right It'd be like one of those offshore boats with like four outboards on the back <laughs> right so right. you're like what
2: is, what is that a hydrofoil <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> somebody will do it somebody will do it i'm sure yeah.
1: i'm sure they have a full like hydraulic system so they all like just deploy down at the same time yeah. and all that.
0: <laughs> uh, that's cool man that's cool yeah man. um yeah so we're drawing down here jay you got any you got any other questions for mr allen here no sir Okay. Um, Hi, Jay,
2: what's that?
1: I guess I got a question for you. So uh, are what's we going to see you? Are we going to see you at the Newton Open this year? So I can give you your KBL hat. Oh. <laughs>
0: I've been on him about there's, it, man.
2: There's, there's a very strong possibility. Yeah. Brian's yeah. been like nonstop with it. Dude. I'm like,
0: dude, you're fishing this tournament. You're coming with like, there's, right. there, nope. there's no getting around it. I kind
2: of had a plan to
0: show up just
2: <laughs> sporadically here and there to say, cause I miss all you guys, you know I mean? It's like, right. that's the thing too, that, you know, I think that a lot of people don't realize is that you get used to fishing with these clubs and you know, all these people, and you know, so you become friends with them over time. And, right. you know, and when you back out of a series like I have, um, you know, you know, it's like I see you guys online and I talk to you there, but unless we're doing shows together, I don't really have that interaction. Right. Unless we go out of our way to be, you know, to go fishing somewhere, but we're all busy. So, you know, but I know that, you know, I kind of I was going to do this with all the clubs this year too. It's just kind of popping, you know, right. here and there. So
1: hey, I, I think it's pop in.
2: <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah.
2: It, it's I'm just going to say it. yes. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. <I'll> be <laughs> like because if I don't if I don't say it now. Bro, Brian's gonna be like, he's gonna call me right after. This. Hey, you're going right?
1: Right, right. <laughs> you don't want to be disappointed if you don't bust out the inline spinner at
2: least some point during that yeah. day.
0: You're the hey, one man, that you're the you've one. Seen how that thing works? Yeah, <laughs> you're the one that gave him the nickname MEPS Man, right?
2: <laughs>
1: I
0: probably did. Yeah. After that, day. did he tell you that story? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Jay shared that on the first time he was on the podcast. He was like, hey, "Yeah, you know, I was fishing this tournament," and I think he said you came up beside him, and then he started catching some fish right at the end of the tournament or something right. along those lines. So, oh
2: man, dude, that was a five hundred yard stretch too, right? Like right, right. to the like when we go into that canal to the launch.
1: Right. I mean, it was at Long Lake, just north of Chicago. And that that had to be the worst tournament I have ever had. I mean, I've never walked away from many tournaments scratching my head like I had no idea what the heck I did wrong. And I'm coming back, and I'm just, you know, making whatever last cast I can do. And all I see Jay is busting out this this little ultralight with a little mesh spinner <laughs> on the back of it. I'm just like, I swear to God, if this guy catches one in front of me, man, I'm going to lose it. And not like, two seconds later, he cooks into one. He's like i got one yeah you know and i'm like
2: all right well how long is it 12 and a half inches i'm like oh. yeah. <laughs> that was my hail mary man yeah. i was like all right you know me dude the ultralight's always with me i'm like all right here we go right, <laughs> like right. that'll bring him in man but yeah that was that was a super tough day right. i mean i remember how it was so miserable that day
1: yeah. I mean we showed up to rain first thing in the morning and it was cold and yeah, it I sucked. Go.
2: Uh oh, good.
1: It's always
2: fun fishing in the rain. Long live
0: the rooster tail, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny, man. Too funny. Yeah. Um Alan, why don't you uh, go ahead uh you know, give a shout out to your sponsors, where people can follow you, anybody you want to mention from the KBL, uh, the new Crossroads series, any of that stuff. But as far as sponsors, you know,
1: um, you know, I've been really fortunate with the companies I work with, uh, so far, I've been with quite a few of them for a few years now. Um, so New New Kayaks, um, Torquito, uh, Kistler Custom Fishing Rods, um, you know, Rocktown Adventures with, you know, the guys that you guys worked with um, yep. last year or so, too, now. Um, great guys that, you know, offer a lot of different kayaks, um, you know, and, you know, get a lot of people out in the water. So, uh, kudos to them for being a supporter of us and, and the Kayak Bass League for quite a long time now. Okay. Yeah. Um Who else? Uh, Anchor Wizard. Um, uh yeah supernova fishing lights i mean those those guys make a great product i've been using those for a couple of years um i feel i'm missing somebody oh uh tackle trap too oh, so yeah. the tackle trap has been a huge uh you know you know uh, uh a money pit
0: yeah if you oh yeah me.
1: but uh, yeah i mean i get a lot of tackle from there guys have great deals all the time so i mean hit those guys up for new tackle and stuff um But, yeah, I mean, that's – those are all those companies I've been with for at least three, four years already and have great people behind them. So, you know, I'd recommend those companies to anybody.
0: Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Uh, What about anybody from the KBL?
1: Uh, Yeah. So, you know, obviously all of our staff guys. So, Susie, uh, JC, uh, Tony, Titus, Atif, um, Patrick, and, you know, it's – all those guys help out immensely with, uh, doing all the day-to-day stuff and, you know, guys, guys have to realize all of us have full-time jobs. So, I mean, we do this because we, we enjoy it. We love it. Um, and all these guys, you know, I, I can trust them with anything and, you know, having my back throughout this whole thing. And, you know, it's, it's been awesome, you know, we're five years in now and it's, you know, it's built, you know, to a level that I wouldn't have even thought five years ago. So, right on man
0: yeah no it's cool man it's blowing up um i dig it and uh like i said there's been a lot of banter already on the kayak bass league and the crossroads series and uh i'm looking forward to it man it's going to be a good season right look forward to fishing with a bunch of new people you know i met a few guys at the the fishing show uh out there in chicago and uh and everybody i met was super friendly super nice so yeah it's cool yeah. man
1: yeah i mean that's the biggest thing like and jay touched on this too is the club atmosphere of it you know you get to learn about all these different guys in your area and you end up with a bunch of new friends and you end up with more people than you probably ever thought of to go fishing with you know just on any any weekend and that too so it's it's awesome you know for, it's sure.
0: for sure man definitely cool um alan thanks for joining us tonight man uh yeah super enjoyed that and uh yeah if you get have any uh big announcements coming up in the future always let us know man uh we got an open open platform for you and the kbl here and uh the Crossroads series i think uh i think when the season winds down i think it'd be cool to get uh a few people from each league to sit down and talk and talk smack right before the tournament (laughs) happens. (laughs) and then maybe we could do a podcast right after i like that idea that that would be interesting that would be interesting and cool there may be a few bleeps in that episode but we'll we'll figure it out (laughs) (laughs) or a big disclaimer right before it airs like you know don't have your small children around (laughs) Right. (laughs) put put your kids to bed yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i think it'd be cool i think it'd be cool for sure so Um, real quick guys. Um, the recycled plastics program with hammered lures is in full effect in the show notes of every episode is the address. Um, save your used plastics this season. Um, you can mail them to the address in the show notes. Eric from hammered lures is going to take those plastics, melt them down, make new baits, and they're going to get donated to heroes on the Water. Until next time, guys, tight lines and smooth paddling. Wait a second. This episode isn't over, boys and girls. Another quick announcement getting added to the agenda. Uh, Jay and I will be down in Tennessee on Douglas Lake March 15th, 16th, and 17th. It's a Friday through Sunday. The main day is going to be Saturday. We want to fish with you guys. We want to get out on the water. If we get enough guys, we're thinking maybe uh, we'll do a little tournament or something, a free tournament. And uh, maybe we'll see if we can get some of our sponsors to donate some prizes and stuff as giveaways, T-shirts, things like that. And then have a little BBQ afterwards by Chef Brayon. So uh, if you guys can make it, uh, we're going to stay at Douglas Headwater Campground. It's right on the lake down by the dam. It's in Seaverville, Tennessee on Douglas Lake. Uh, We would love to see you guys all down there. Uh, Should be a good time and uh, should be a good time to spend on the water. Uh, Get some lines wet after this uh, long drawn out winter. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, I'll have some fide kayaks with me. Jay will have a Jackson. So if you guys want to try out some boats, we will have them there for you to paddle around. So sorry to uh, throw you through a loop, but this is now the ending of the episode. Until next time, guys, tight lines and smooth paddling.
1: and Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the
0: Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.
1: When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawk's Cave.